you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Oh, it's a new feel. It's a new day. We don't have the mats today. Hopefully we will, though. We're introducing a brand new segment called Call Into the Wild, where we will try to call one of the mats as they are running around in the wild, trying to figure out what they're doing. I feel like this may only work once. <laughs> And then they'll never answer the <laughs> phone. Never answer the phone. <laughs> and then they'll never answer the phone. Call again. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't matter because we can leave a voicemail. That's how this works. That's how this works. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also are going to have theoretically the great Evan Silva from the senior football editor for Roto World on today's podcast. What's what's the technical industry term? We are efforting. We're efforting. We're efforting. We're efforting. We are efforting Evan Silva. Will we get him? We don't know. But that is the magic of live podcasting here on the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. Plus, Wait. we will have our daily daps as well. What's up? This is live? It's, it's always live. It's, I mean, have we ever – legit question. Have we ever edited something out? I mean, I've cut out um, some curse words. Okay. <laughs> and there have been – there were a few times in the early goings of the podcast where we yeah. had uh, weird technical issues. Where uh, something messed up in the soundboard. Okay. And it would, like, wobble. But I think in the entire history of the podcast, there have been – there's been only one unplanned stop down. We don't we've... stop this baby down. No. We don't do it. Just free-flowing. I'm James Kell. You heard the voice there of the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhar. What's cracking? Uh, you know, not a whole lot. Just just doing putting my producer hat on back here. Just baby. reaching out to Evan Silva again. I like it. Work out these schedules and then, uh, you know, telephones and whatnot and get him on uh, on the, the show here. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Not much, man. Sun's out. Uh, Guns out? Sure. Sure. I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt, so sure, why not? All right. Why not? And making his triumphant return, coming back and hanging out with the plebeians, the star of Fantasy and Friends, the creator of That Helps No One, the master of the danger zone. It is Adam Rank. Hello, James. What's up, Hello, pal? Adam. Not too much. It has been too long. I wish I had yeah, like a, a standing ovation sound drop. Do I not have my own second. theme music or anything? <laughs> you do that's, not. That's a little you, bit of a, a disappointment. Disappointed? But okay. uh, no. We welcome you into the podcast. Oh, um, and you will be, be here. Yeah, you're going to be with us the entire offseason, so I'm uh, excited about that, pal. I'm excited, too. Okay. This will be this will be good. This is it's a weird trade. I feel bad for the the actual fans of this podcast. It's a two for one trade. We traded it's, the mats and we so got, got rid of two better beards and <laughs> two better heads of hair for a burned out veteran who's like, God, his last good season was two thousand nine. <laughs> 
Like, what are we doing? <laughs> well, I, His I heard, name is not on that trophy. I don't know. I heard I you're. In, three. I heard you were in great. Uh, you're you're in the best physical condition of your life. Best shape of your life. I. You oh. know what? I I fancy myself more of the the Tom Brady mold. Okay. I'm out there hitting it. Like that's the one thing I was going to save this for daily death. Okay. I've got I've got a whole host of things to get off my chest. I got to say this though. <laughs> well, you have an entire There's season a bit, of daps that you haven't got to. So again, yeah, I know, but this is it's all current. But uh, oh, good. now the one thing that I've been impressed about in this yes. this off season is that uh, we go to this this gym up the street, a little boutique gym, that's the home to people like uh, Christian Bale. Yes, The Rock. The Rock works out there Every allegedly. Jerry oh, okay. Burns, I think, is the one of the preeminent stars who's in there. Uh, Eva Marie from the WWE. Uh, Bianca Kalik works out there. Yeah, too. yeah, Bianca and. Bianca? Uh, She's uh, she rules in, of engagement. Yeah, rules of engagement. And her husband and, from the show, Adam, uh, his his character name. Uh, was yeah, it's Oliver Hudson. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, he works out there too. They're legit. Like they're okay. there all the time. But all right. in addition to that, okay, even though it's the off season, yeah, every day Marcus Grant is in there pumping. Boom, making it happen. Like it. And it's and it's hard. Like it's easy for me because I, like I have a I have a far commute. So if I don't get on the freeway by you know a quarter to five, I'm screwed. It's a, it turns into a a, a a 35-minute drive turns into two hours, so I have to be there. Yes. Marcus lives around the – he could sleep in. Sure. And show up – nope. No. He's there at 6 a.m. Okay. on the dot. All right. All right. So he's keeping it going. I like it. I, so like I it want all. everybody out there – To know. Who's resting and yes. is going out, whatever whatever the whatever the mats are doing, whatever the hipsters are doing. Yes. Whatever coffee shop they're sitting there <laughs> listening to Dandy Warhol's at. <laughs> let them know. Having their organic pour-over coffee. Right? Let them know. Yes. Marcus Grant is in there grinding. Okay. Grinding. All right, let's start the show with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. We'll start in New York. The Giants have released Victor Cruz and Rashad Jennings. I don't think the move is necessarily surprising. Both guys were getting a little long. I mean, Jennings especially getting a little long mm-hmm. in the tooth. Uh, Victor Cruz, you know, coming back off of those uh, major uh, surgeries, you know, he didn't necessarily look like the same player uh, that we have come to know, the salsa dancing king, Victor Cruz. But both guys get cut, but it does open the door. It makes it very interesting for a couple of young guys entering their second seasons, Paul Perkins and Sterling Shepard. Uh, gentlemen, we'll start with Sterling Shepard. Adam Rank, your thoughts there. How does the Victor Cruz release impact him? Yeah, I really like Sterling Shepard. I liked him coming out of college. Thought he was a, a standout player at Oklahoma. I thought uh, he was kind of a steal for the Giants for somebody that talented who had a, quite a nice college resume. I oh, mean, yeah. I think we saw him play huge solidly player. for at least three years. I don't yeah. quite remember him in his freshman season, but at least for three years. And I know a lot of people were excited about him heading into into last season. And now you look at the Giants. And the way they, they move the football is through the air. I mean, they, they like to run a lot of three wide receiver sets. They do. And I think the thing with Victor Cruz is, like, he's he's the brand name guy. Like, he's the guy everybody knows. Like, when you're sitting there in your fantasy drafts and there's somebody who uh, might not be into it as much as us. Like, I have a friend. I have friends who are like that. They, they know the name Victor Cruz. But I think now uh, Sterling Shepard's going to start going up. Uh, the draft boards, but you know, the giants also have a couple other nice prospects down the line too. So I think this is good for them. They're going to be moving forward. I think again, they'll be in a situation where they're throwing the ball a lot. So I love Sterling Shepard heading into next season. So Gilhar, my first thought about the Victor Cruz release was, okay, this means good things, probably an increased target share for Sterling Shepard. But as Adam rank mentioned, they run a lot of three wide receiver sets. Who is another wide receiver that may possibly benefit here? I mean, it was kind of telling that in the in the playoffs at points they were playing Roger Lewis, who was an undrafted free agent out of Bowling Green, had a couple of nice plays, and Tavares King at points yeah. instead of Victor Cruz. So I think one of those guys would we would expect to to jump up and kind of uh, take over that mantle uh, at the wide receiver position. But yeah, this is this is definitely going to be a good thing for uh, for Sterling Shepard. I think it's a it's an exciting time for him. He proved a lot as a. Uh, as a rookie, and uh, we know he's Matt, one of Matt Harmon's uh, favorite favorite boys coming out of that uh, 
that lineup there. But the thing is, the thing is, his positional alignment isn't going to change much. He took over the slot role from Victor Cruz. I mean, Cruz only played on the season five percent of his snaps per NGS in the slot. Interesting. Uh, he played ninety four percent out wide. So they're going to need one of those guys, probably Roger Lewis or somebody else in the draft, perhaps or free agency. Okay. Uh, to step up as an outside rec- receiver. All right. What does it mean for Paul Perkins? Rashad Jennings was certainly a, a key cog in that running game there for the Giants. Marcus Grant. What does it mean for Paul Perkins? Well, you. CLA. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he seems to be first in line to get some touches there. I mean, I, I saw some some talk going around on Twitter, just some some stats, basically, that uh, from a metric standpoint, Orleans Darkwa might have been a better uh, running back last year. I, I still just don't. Then Paul Perkins? Yeah, I mean, oh no. But I just I don't see a situation in which the Giants are suddenly going to turn and hand their backfield to Orleans Darkwa, at least not as a primary running back. So I, I think this is a situation where Paul Perkins. Steps in as the presumptive number one running back unless something happens, unless someone else has a great camp or they, they somehow go out and get somebody in, in either free agency or, or in the draft. Um, I do think running back is going to be a position of need for the Giants. Uh, right. You know, the, what we have seen from them in the last couple of years is that they just cannot run the football. So, I, you know, I, I think that Paul Perkins, like, like, like I said, he's the presumptive number one. But if he's going to be an undisputed number one or a three down back, I think you're going to be disappointed. Man, they're going to get somebody else. They're going to get Because, somebody like, else. Paul Perkins, I think Westling was one of the first people to note this, like, pretty much only did stuff out of the shotgun last year. That was where he was most effective. In, and pretty much only effective, <clears throat> excuse me, in getting getting the ball uh, from a shotgun pers- perspective. So they'll need somebody that's a more of a traditional runner. I saw or heard rumors of maybe even Adrian Peterson coming there. I don't think he's a good fit if he gets cut by the Vikings, but we'll have to see what they do. I don't you think know, I don't think Paul Perkins is the answer. It's interesting. I don't know. I think he's at least it's at least feasible that not necessarily that he's going to be a, a a huge breakout star, but. You know, again, I know he ran a lot of uh, snaps out of that shotgun, but how much of that was predicated on the fact that Shane Vereen got hurt, right? So, and I know Shane Vereen's coming back, and and you figure they will at least form some kind of two-man committee, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of interested to see what happens with Paul Perkins, especially this offseason. Does he bulk up? Does he maintain that speed that he has? If he does, he becomes he's a very interesting. A, he's he's a pretty decently sized guy. He's, he's five ten, two ten. But he's like it's. 200 that's like that's like the Emmett Smith size okay I mean it's like he didn't have like he can run he can run the football I thought um when he was coming out of UCLA I thought he was uh I thought he was going to be doing some pretty good things I I was probably more excited about and I always skew West Coast sure watch guys the dudes that you see every week and I know a lot of you don't get the Pac-12 after dark which is cool um you're missing out though no it's really entertaining it really is and I think that Again, just the the nature of the NFL, of course, you're not going to get a running back who's going to run the ball 300 times. It just right. doesn't happen. But I think if they can find some sort of do, I think they could have a situation like Cleveland where he could be like the Duke Johnson type of guy. Yeah. And he just gets somebody in there. And I think that because the Giants throw the ball so much, I'm actually encouraged that he is on the field. During shotgun. During shotgun. <laughs> like, exactly. Perfect. That's when you want that's him on. That's, like, that's the one that's thing. Like, you're point. not going to be getting, that's a good point. you know, it's so hard now to get points from traditional running backs running out of the eye. Like, it just doesn't happen. That's a very I good will, I will add also, I dug this up per next-gen stats, uh, he played, Paul Perkins played 196 plays out of the shotgun versus 68 from single back, averaged 4.3 yards per attempt to 4.0 um, out, of, bad. out of the, in the difference. More in shotgun than in single back. Either one it's of those numbers is not difference, bad. not a difference, but he didn't get on the field a whole heck well, of a lot in those well, other formations, but that could change this year. Who knows? Forgive me if I if I have this mistaken, but I think this is true of all the UC schools, is that UCLA is a, a late graduation school, which means that – On the trimester. Correct. Yeah. Which means that when they enter the NFL, they're not allowed to oh, start that's right. practicing yeah, that's until right. their school's done. That's that was, right. that was then, a big thing. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, plus the NFL, nobody practices anymore. So you got that going for him. So I think rookie running backs are having uh, a higher degree of difficulty in getting out onto the field, especially when they had somebody like Rashad Jennings who they wanted to get out there. Yeah, that's true. Plus, they need him to learn the pass protections, which is a huge, huge curve in the NFL. So I think that a lot of people – like I saw somebody recently put something out there like, oh, you know, like you might want to start dumping like these fringy players like Pulper. I'm like, Jesus, like he – He's played one season, and it was he was pretty good. I'm, I'm sorry that he's not Ezekiel Elliott and Jordan Howard, but you guys are being ridiculous. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, I will also say this. He was 21 years old 
last year in the NFL. He will enter this season at 22. He's extremely young um, and obviously could be a guy that's still growing to his body. Um, I think that's a Absolutely a very real possibility. All right, so we'll move on. Uh, Vic Tafer of the San Francisco Chronicle tweeted out that he doesn't expect the Raiders to bring back Latavius Murray. I'm a little bit surprised by that. And in addition, Reggie McKenzie said in an interview with JT The Brick on 95.7 FM The Game, that's in the Bay Area, quote, he's one of those kinds that don't come around too often when you talk about size. I'm always in position to want to re-sign our own players, but the finances of it always will play a part. We'll see where it goes, but we like to re-sign our guys. I don't know. It sounds like Reggie McKenzie is, you know, relatively high. I'm not not I've, closing the door. Yeah, he's not closing the door. And and the other thing too, it's not like it sounds like he's not going to break the bank to bring back Latavius Murray. But what's the market for running back this offseason, considering that the uh, that the rookie class coming in is so incredibly deep. I don't know. I, I think the Oakland Raiders are in a pretty darn good shape to bring back Latavius if they want to. I, I have a couple concerns about them bringing him back. One, uh, like you said, it's uh, the incoming class is good, but Le'Veon Bell is the top running back free agent right now. He's not going anywhere. So if there's right. a team that's looking for an established runner, somebody like Murray – He's the next best one up there, and after he's had a couple good, had you know, good statistical seasons. He had over a thousand yards last year or two years ago, twelve touchdowns this year. Uh, the big thing I think that's the hang-up for them bringing them back is guess what? Next year they're going to have to pay Derek Carr, and then like the year after that they're going to have to pay Amari Cooper, and then also next year I think well they'll have the fifth-year option uh, for uh, Khalil Mack, but they're going to have to extend him soon too. Those are a lot of big contracts. For players that they'll they'll need to fill, and also Latavius Murray wasn't hyper efficient last year, and they still got okay production out of that combo of Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. I think it'd make more sense for them to go into this deep class, get one of the back tier guys in a late round, and then go with some sort of committee there. I mean, everything that we have seen from the Raiders the last couple of years suggests that they they like Latavius Murray, they don't love Latavius oh, yeah. Murray. Hundred um, percent. So I mean, I, I think you know if if he decides to work out a team friendly deal, maybe they look at bringing him back. But uh, otherwise, I mean, I think I think Alex is right. They look at going on with their two young running backs and trying to build from there. Um, you know what we saw from both Richard and Washington last year showed that they can be productive guys, and it's still an offense that is pretty much going to rise and fall on the right arm of Derek Carr. So as long as he's the the centerpiece of that offense, um, they don't need to go out and spend a lot on a running back right now. Plus, oh. nobody spends money on running backs anyways. That's you no longer need. To to do that because you can just kind of piece it all together with rookies, cheaper players. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you got to order fries a la carte. Like I'm not playing that game. If the fries <laughs> don't come with frustrating. The fries don't come with the burger. I don't want it because I know somebody else is going to order them for the table, and I'm going to. I, I want like five fries. That's anyway, basically yeah, my limit. Okay. All right. So Spoken that's what like a true Californian. That's good. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What I'm just I'm saying it's true. I did the same thing. I just say, is that a California thing? I didn't know that. Hundred yeah. percent. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Terrible. We're talking about oh yeah, we're gonna get fries. I only want five of them. That's yes, it. That's, that's a, all that, I want. I that's a California pull. thing for sure. Because like, because these restaurants get too crazy with the fries. Okay. They're either like uh, you gotta ha- order it all cart. But how about like, if they oh, give you I the want... garlic aioli? I'll pay extra for okay. it. whatever. All right. Fair so the thing I would say that Latavius Murray not gonna break the bank, but he'll probably look anywhere in the range of four to six million for per year for his contract based on other recent running back contracts. Like Forte at his age got uh three for twelve. Chris Ivory uh at a younger age, bigger back, has had some production like uh Murray did got his five for thirty-two. Interesting. Not as much was guaranteed, but still, that's going to be that's going to be a big chunk of change for them to invest before all those other big contracts come up. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, if the contracts get to that size, there's zero percent chance Latavius Murray comes back to Oakland. I just I just wonder what the market free agent market is going to be like. Where would he go? This particular yeah, I the mean, Giants? That's the thing, you know? Giants, yeah, the Giants, Vikings. Like, there's there's a bunch of teams that could be looking for a guy like him that could be a, a decent you know stopgap. He's only twenty-seven, so he's yep. got probably. If you sign him to a four or five year deal, or even you know he's got at least three good years in that in that oh, run. Yeah. So, the thing with the Oakland Raiders, though, you guys talked about Jalen Richard and, and DeAndre Washington. You know their effectiveness went way up when Latavius was not in the game at the same time, but when they there was a threat of that, right? So when Latavius was out and it was those two guys, their run game was not good. 
it was not good at all. I, I thought their effectiveness, both Richard and especially DeAndre Washington, uh, went down considerably when Latavius Murray was not available. So will they be able to shoulder the load? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. But, again, they could address it in the draft, and we shall see. Hey, listen, the, the franchise tag designation period is underway starting today. Uh, on this Wednesday, Greg Rosenthal wrote a terrific franchise tag primer piece. You can find that on NFL.com. I don't want to get too far into the weeds into that, only because, well, when it happens, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But right now, no need really What do you to... think the Bears, though? All right. No, I mean, We're Alshon's interesting. Cause he, well, no, he, because he becomes a big-time free agent. Like, if they don't franchise him, but which I would, think they should. Well, they got tons of why, money. Why? I mean, yeah, but why would you franchise a guy who has not stayed healthy the last couple of years? That's why you franchise him. You're like, yeah, it's we'll only one you. year. It's a one year thing. It's still yeah. expensive. Yeah, it is. They have tons of money though. They got no money tied up for anybody because the Cutler money is now they're through the yeah. they're through the storm there for sure, so to speak. It's like I don't I, I get it. Like it's expensive, but like why are you not like you have to. You have to still field a competitive team. Like they're not even close to going over the cap. It's yeah. Like, you true. owe it. Like try. Can you just try <laughs> these teams? And I, it's the one thing that frustrates me about the Bears so much is them being one of the original franchises. Is that they're not owned by a billionaire. It's not like Mark Cuban owns the team, and it's like the training facility is amazing and all that stuff. It's like they're a, they're a small market team playing in the number two or three media market. Like the they're Chicago. They right. should not be in this. This thing where it's like, yeah, we can't spend the money. And it's not like you're the Patriots who are just so prudent and so good at developing talent that it doesn't matter who's playing for the team, as evidenced by the most recent Super Bowl win. So I think that they they should sign them. And if they don't, then there's going to be some teams. I think, like, the Rams would make, like, a lot of sense to go after him because they need somebody. I think the Philadelphia Eagles will make Eagles a strong Eagles, too. Yeah, to go get Alshon Jeffrey. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know if there's any – are there any marquee defensive guys – out there, free agent wise, that Chicago could spend the money on because I don't feel like secondary. there is. I don't feel like there is. I don't feel like uh, there's that marquee defensive guy that they would spend big money because they need it. They can draft it. I mean, they can easily draft it. Like if they don't get Jonathan Allen in the draft, you could easily go for for uh, who is it, Hooker or one of the other guys. Sure, uh, draft him maybe. And I've seen like Jabril Peppers just falling down the draft board. Like that's geez, crazy. If he was available in the second round, like I was thinking, like during the year, just watching Michigan, be like, dude, I'd take him. I'd take him top, top ten. 10. But now, yeah. like all the scouting's coming, and I'm still convinced he's going to be a good player. So yeah, I agree. You can address that in the draft because uh, Vic Fangio has done a great job of just taking anybody. That's true. And he just like their team is like pretty devoid of talent in the defensive secondary, and they were. Not embarrassing, yeah. and that's that's what I was looking at. I don't think there is a marquee free agent they'd go after unless Eric Berry somehow wound up without a franchise tag. But <clears throat> they'll, they'll probably have money to spend, and it could be on Elshon. All right, so there you go, Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson, maybe, maybe. All right, because the Rams probably won't. Because according to Greg, the the Rams are probably not going to tag him. Not going to tag Elshon. Not going. to – Well, yeah, Tremaine he says Johnson. coin flip. Probably not. Oh, okay. But it's like sign him. Like, come on. Like Kevin White's awful. <laughs> like compared to other NFL players, already? man, I don't know. Dude, yes. we don't know that yet. He's been hurt. No, but when he's been When's healthy, it? he what does he? Listen. He hasn't done much. Oh this is it. You got to watch out for those guys okay. who have one great year in college. In, a, in, a, in college, in a team where you're the only good player. Okay, like West I'm not not besmirching West Virginia, but it's not like and like Sterling Shepard. We saw him play amazing. Yeah. for three years on Two a team years, that yeah. had a lot of a lot of good players. Sure, like or one of what are these Ohio State guys? Come out of it like you got to share the rock with a lot of people, so you can't put up the statistics. Kevin White didn't have that problem, but he did it one year. Like I, I'm so not sold on that. I knew I'm that not, a, not, I'm, Jones Drew. Is that you? <laughs> I knew that was a bad idea. <laughs> I am not. I'm not necessarily sticking up for Kevin White. I'm just. You are. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't, and now I don't know. I don't know. There's I don't your, know. There's your March to 1100 oh, guys. <laughs> James Coe. Kevin That's White. Bold. March to. Uh, that is bold. Yeah. That's bold. How about March to like 11 snaps? <laughs> <laughs> let's get there first. That, that All right, let's make the call into the wilderness, shall we? Let's. We, we've got a first a, a wonderful little drop here to play, constructed by James. Before we make a call, uh, wait. Do we want? Who do we want to call? Or should, should we coin flip it? Anybody have a coin? Uh, let's call franchise. It's been longer. All right, I'm gonna play the drop, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna effort to get franchise. On yeah, the call. here we go. We're sorry, your call cannot be completed. Dial. 
All right, we shall make a phone call into the wilderness. Right now, Matt Franchise, Matt Harmon, they're doing their things. Franchise is, I think he's getting ready for a wedding. I think he's getting ready for a wedding. Uh, he is planning his own wedding. It's not yes. until 2018. Okay. Spring of 2018, but he is in the planning stages. Yes. Uh, which involves him driving out to the desert of Palm Springs, and uh... for those of you, who, for those of you who don't necessarily follow us that closely, God bless you. <laughs> uh, franchise and Matt We're Harmon calling him right now. I know, I hear it. Hello, like... hey, Matt franchise. franchise, what's up? What's going on? Hey, pal, it's the NFL Fantasy Life Podcast. What's cracking, buddy? Hey, hey guys, how's how's things going? <laughs> <laughs> it's going well. We want to know what you're doing right now, pal. Uh, I'm actually writing about Kenneth Dixon. You oh, are? You. Wow. What I do you am. got? Um, I'm looking at some breakout running backs for next year, so he's on my list. Oh, is he is he starting his future Hall of Fame campaign? <laughs> uh, possibly. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far. Oh, yet. I see. All right. Uh, the, the important question, though. Yes. Are you wearing pants? I'm wearing shorts. Oh, oh all right. Okay, so it's a semi-hot <laughs> take. <laughs> it's a semi-fire call. Semi. We're halfway yeah. there. Okay. Hey, listen, what do you do during the week, pal? Uh, I lay around and uh, look at Snapchat and Twitter and take my <laughs> dog out for walks. And, you know, I don't do much. I don't do much. Okay, good. I, I, I have to say I do enjoy the, the snaps with Bruno. Um, yeah. or the, uh, what kind of dog is Bruno? He's a Pomeranian Sheltie mix. Oh, man. And he needs to be walked around? Doesn't he get enough exercise in, a, in an apartment? What? No. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. All right. Well, we were, you, uh, you know, we went to Runyon this morning. Of course you did. Sunrise. <laughs> yeah. God, you Had a little hike. Good. Perfect. Living there in Hollywood, taking your little Pomeranian up to Runyon. Jeez, great. You're not. I mean, you're not living a stereotype at all, pal. All right. Hey, I'm living the dream. All right. <laughs> living the dream right now. All right. Hey, franchise. I appreciate the time, buddy. We're gonna. Uh, we may call call you every other week here, uh, just to see what's cracking. Wait a minute! Like, right. What is it? Is I he didn't not expect this? You, you caught me off guard here. I know. Is he streaming television shows? What are you doing? Are you watching like How I Met Your Mother? Like, what's going on? What well, sounds like he's uh, about? I usually watch a celebrity name game every morning. <laughs> oh with, yeah, uh, Craig Ferguson. Worse. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a daily dap for us, pal? Uh, yeah. You know what I do. Oh, there's okay. This comedian, there's this comedian I really like. I, I've I've talked to you guys about him before on our IMs. His name's Chris D'Elia, uh, and he's got a special on Netflix, and he's been on a few shows on NBC. But he just started his own podcast last week, and it's basically just him ranting for 45 minutes. And I find him to be hilarious. I like it. So I'm really really glad he started a podcast because it gives me some more content to. Listen to his jokes. I love it's it. Good. You guys should check it out. It's called Congratulations. It's Matt Franciscovich, the franchise. He's out in the wilderness right now, and we Ooh. had to give him a phone call. <laughs> All right, pal. <laughs> Thanks for checking in, guys. I appreciate you guys. All Keep right, buddy. Alive. I right. like it. All right. All right, pal. Later, oh, yeah. franchise. Peace. Stay well. Miss you, man. <laughs> Breaking down that Kenneth Dixon tape. I like it. Now, who, now who was that guy? <laughs> hey, look, you know, he's got to stay with one Raven. I mean, you know, he was the Kamar Aiken truther a couple years ago. So, Oh, okay. He's got to stick with a Raven here. That's true. Which, you know, I don't know that we're going to get Silva. I think something might have come up. He's gone incommunicado. Oh, no. Is, uh, he's gone AWOL. Concerned about, concerned okay. about Evan and, and, you know, everybody. Hopefully he's okay over there. Yes. Roto World uh, headquarters. Okay. But perhaps should we just uh, dive into his great piece a little bit anyways? We, we should. We can just discuss some of the questions we have. I'd rather talk behind his back <laughs> than actually talk to him. Uh, listen, even though he's not joining our program, he did write a terrific piece on rotoworld.com. This guy is a machine, by the way. An he is mean, a machine. I mean, there, I was, I was thinking. Sorry, I was thinking of an analogy as I was walking up to the podcast studio. Like there might be like bigger names or people with bigger following in fantasy, but he's kind of like the Don Corleone of the the fantasy industry. Like he's 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 the best. You know, you don't mess with Silva when it comes to, to his analysis and stuff. To quote. Vince Vaughn and Swingers. He's the guy behind the guy behind the guy. Yeah. I don't understand how he does it. But anyways, regardless, if you follow Evan Silva, you know that he writes uh, a weekly breakdown piece every single week. His matchups column is 
intense. It's craziness. I mean, Spoken is a group who, you know, Alex, you and I, and along with the Mats, put pitch in on a weekly matchups piece, which pales in comparison to his. Which we consider it to be an intense labor, but yeah. it, it is it is nothing to what he does. And you guys <laughs> tackle that as a four-man as a group. team. Right. And this dude is doing it one-on-one. I mean, just come on, bro. Anyways, Evan Silva is, uh, is a great follow. If you don't follow him, he's a senior football editor for Roto World. Anyways, he just wrote down a monster piece. It's every piece he writes is a monster. But uh, the three biggest off-season needs for all 32 teams, and he breaks it all down. You know the craziest thing about what he does, too, a lot of you guys and a lot of us, we can do the whole offensive side. Well, they need wide receiver. Oh, they need tight end. Oh, they need quarterback or whatever. This dude does it all. I mean, he's talking about he's breaking down O-lines. He's breaking down, you know, cornerback play. This guy needs a safety. It's intense. Anyways, um, it's interesting to me. He broke it down, and one of the teams he seems very high on, I was really interested in asking him about this, he seems really bullish on Tennessee. They were 9-7 and last year. Mariota's coming off of a broken leg. Uh, you know, Mike Malarkey's at the helm, who is, I mean, exotic smashman. I don't know what that means, but he's not necessarily a terribly exciting head coach in Mike Malarkey, yet Evan Silva was pretty bullish on the Tennessee Titans. I, I want to get you guys' take on this. Uh, do you see what he sees there? I get it. 100%. Yeah, I get it. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Mariota, hopefully he's healthy and back and, and you know, ready to go next year. But uh, we saw what they did with the running game. You know, even if DeMarco Murray isn't, doesn't have the same kind of season, I feel like Derrick Henry can step in and certainly perform very well. Um, they do need a wide receiver. Oh, they bad. need somebody on the bad. outside who can be a playmaker. Rashad Matthews. Yeah, they need somebody to go with him. All right. But that's why I was going to bring up in our, mocks, Jeffrey. in our mocks right now, <laughs> if you go to NFL.com slash mock drafts, I almost said that when we were talking about Jeffrey before earlier. Mm. Uh, two of the four mock drafts we have up on there, Dan Jeremiah has them taking John Ross, the electric guy from Washington, sure. with the 18th Ooh. overall pick. Small speedster. And uh, who's was this? Lance Zerline has them taking O.J. Howard, which Ooh. would be fun, too. Ooh. Get a little oh, tight end set. Delaney Walker, what is he, like 32 now? Yeah. He'll be 30. He'll be 30, 33. Yeah, but they would run two tight ends. That would be pretty right. dope. No, that would be that would be fun and that would help that would be very exotic and it would seem like very smash mouth as well (laughs) i like it uh nobody has them taking a uh pass catcher with their first pick because they have the fifth overall pick due to wheeling and dealing last right 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 right. yeah thanks rams (laughs) that That was a great wasn't it the eagles that gave them all those picks or no wait wait no rams rams Rams, gave them those picks eagles gave their picks to the uh browns that's the one. I, I almost fear that we're going to be so hyper on the Titans because they do have those two first-round picks. They should I, They should trade down. Like, I would actually get more players because they're, they're exciting teams. And I had, I had Marcus Mariota in my uh, second city league, which is uh, big money, which is whatever the max the NFL allows. I don't know what it I is. Believe it's it's exactly that number. $250. Exactly oh, that good. number. Good. Perfect. Nobody ever goes over that. Right. Never. So, I literally, because I'll put it in an escrow. Okay, whatever. Right. So... <laughs> I had Marcus Mariota, and I played. And again, we don't play the traditional um, four point. Four point, because I we at least do That's six. Weak. Yeah, I love six. I love, I love six, six, man. Like the the rules that we have in that league are so much fun because it actually it, it, it's perfect to me. And Mariota carried me. I mean, he I, mm. he got hurt in the championship game, like fantasy championship games, which. Again, I talk to people about this who are upset because I told everyone, I'm like, I'm playing Mariota, blah, blah, blah. And like, it cost me. I'm like, he got hurt. Like, yeah. I don't – like, he wasn't playing well. Yeah. But he wouldn't – Matt Castle threw – he's the backup, right? Yeah. Whoever the jabroni is. Threw a touchdown. On the, like, if he would have just thrown that – if that touchdown would have gone to Mariota, he would have been great. It would have been fine. So, I, I – again, I look at uh, – if you're going to be one of those people, and I think we're all in concert with the we're going to wait on a quarterback camp – uh, he's definitely one of the guys I'm gonna wait on. I had him, I had Dak, and I was rotating those two guys, and I beautiful. I was doing it perfectly until that last week because mm. I played Mariota over Dak. But again, I lost by three points. So if Mariota doesn't get hurt, then I'm fine. Thank you, thank you for this long-winded story on your. I'm sorry. Championship <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> I'm so sorry. I came in second place. Whatever. I will say from a football standpoint, yeah, the Titans aren't really that far off from winning the division. I mean, the, the AFC South yeah, is, the AFC South's a mess. is trash. Yeah. So Whoa. It's uh, trash. No, it is. It That's is. a good division. No, it's not. That's going to be so For me to poop on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of I'm with wow. Rank. It's going to be a fun division to oh watch. My because gosh. next year, the Texans, who you know won their first game and, and were putting the Patriots through the ringer for a half plus and then yeah, fell you apart. know fell apart. Right, but, but they're going to get 
J.J. Watt back to go with Jadevian Clowney and Whitney okay. Merciless. But they still have Brock Osweiler. I'm aware. Well, listen, there's we don't know yet. We don't know yet yeah, what. We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet There's what. a draft full of quarterbacks. Who oh, knows? Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Well, not only that. Maybe like Tony Tom, Romo? Tom Savage? Tony oh, Romo? Oh, Tony, Tony Romo. Romo. But then Nick Foles? Oh, the Colts, yeah. I mean, okay, you know, they've got that phenomenal quarterback who is holding holding back the old GM from building a good team <laughs> <laughs> uh, so named Andrew Luck. So they've got a they're new They're going to be competitive. There. Oh, the Colts will be fine. Yeah. So the, no, I the mean, Jags are talented. The Jags. They showed are... some life under Marone. I think they're the, talented. It's going to be a fun defense. division. But anyways, all right. Okay. Let's get back to the team all needs right. article here. Right, what was another team that jumped out? At well, them? I think Panthers. Uh, well, the Panthers are, are certainly one. I want to know who's going to be the running back next year. Me too. Because well, I feel like that's that's one. I think every mock uh, that I've seen has the Panthers taking running back in round one. Yeah, I've seen Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah. Land there. That makes a couple long. drafts. Oh, that would be oh. nasty. That would be disgusting. Yeah, let's see. On our NFL.com slash mock drafts again, you can see all the mock drafts from our great guys, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, Charlie Casserly, Lance Sirline. When hey, the, let's take a look at Casserly. When the Mayock was... mock gets up there. So, no, Casserly has them taking Dalvin Cook, and Bucky has them, excuse me, taking Fournette. Uh, DJ had Fournette going earlier, and then uh, Lance has Fournette going to the Browns, which we discussed. Not many of us agreed with that one, but. Yeah, I don't see that one happening. But uh, but the bottom line is, uh, no, I, I do. Has has Fournette going to the Jags? That's a strange pick. That's interesting. Okay, he's got lot. I I don't read like when if whenever I log into a mock draft, if I see the Bears taking a quarterback, I'm out. Okay, nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Why? Because they have a veteran coach, and they have a coach that needs to win right now. And I don't think John Fox is going to be like, yeah, let's build for the future. Like you need to win now, bruh. So you, you so what are they going to do? You don't want to draft. You take Lattimore, or you take, or you take Jamal Adams, or you Jonathan take Jonathan Allen. Jonathan, God, hope upon hope upon hope. But I still think he's going to go second. I think the Forty ers will do something smart for a change. Uh, and not really? Quarterback. They just hired a guy with zero <laughs> GM experience to be their GM. That always works out. Like, look at what <laughs> <laughs> Matt Millen. Matt Millen, perfect. Oh my God. Let's just keep taking one. And then, you know, and then, but they people always so like to, people always like to throw out the Elway thing. Yeah. Like, hey, look at what Elway. Okay, Elway wanted to bring back Brock Osweiler. <laughs> like he just he was lucky that you know the Texans were sitting there like, how much are you giving Osweiler? Okay, hold my beer. And then they went out <laughs> and they signed him to a bigger, dumber deal. So he got bailed out. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I, I will also say this about uh, John Elway. He ran a very successful business as well. Uh, John Lynch. That's fine. Okay. As so far as I know, as I'm gonna go I know. to I'm gonna go to Norm Reeves. Hey. And be like, hey, do you want to run my football team? Hey. For, That'd be for, great. For every, hey, listen, that every, always works out. For everyone, like, you know what? For let's go take not, a businessman and have him run the country. All right, hold for on. everyone not for everyone not in Southern California, Norm Reeves is uh, a local car dealer. Car <laughs> so is John. So is John Elway. <laughs> let's get back to can the we get back to, Okay, yes. so okay, so Panthers look. running back. Why they might need one? Jonathan Stewart uh, going on age thirty, injury riddled as James always pounds into us. <laughs> uh, Cameron Artist Payne. Not, not the any sort of long-term, no. you know, choice there. As uh, yeah, as Silva says, Cap Cameron Artis Payne is not the long-term solution. Yeah, Cappy is. Uh, Cap, I think Cappy's a good change pace guy, but that's about it. Plus, that offense works best when it's able to effectively run the ball because yeah. it sets up things with Cam in the play action. It sure. sets him up on his own runs and stuff well, like that. But I think the other part of that is. I don't think they want Cam to run as much. I don't think Cam wants to run as much. Probably not. I mean, look, That's a good point. The, the punishment that he has taken in and out of the pocket right. the last couple years has really, I think, gotten to the point where he understands that he can't. He just can't put his body out there like that. Uh, I'm interested to see if they take Leonard Fournette. That would be a terrific pick. Uh, Dalvin Cook is really, really good too. But man, if they actually, I'll tell you what. If they even if they wait, there are some really, really good running backs and, this year. I'm so excited about the running. Back I, know, I know we're gonna. Talk draft guys like you know in a future podcast. Yeah, yeah, but we are. Am I am I crazy because I like Dalvin Cook more than Leonard Fournette? Yes, no. yes, you are, dude. Let's let's save that for another podcast. Okay. Right, I just want to so. throw that red meat out okay. there for All now. Right. I like it. Uh, <laughs> no, I like it. Fournette sat out, and I forget the backup's name was just as good. No, he was not just as good. Uh, yes, he was. All right, okay, hold on. A team that I thought was interesting too that I'm very curious to see what they do is okay. Baltimore because they've been slinging the rock a lot lately, and now they lost Steve Smith. True. So their wide receiver core is, is Mike Wallace, Kamar Aiken, and Brashad Perriman. Is and I think Mike Wallace might get cut. He could. I right. think he might have been on Greg Rosenthal's list of te- of veterans. His, his, I think his cut. cap number is pretty high. Yeah. For- I don't think <clears throat> so. He'll he'll restructure or he'll uh, he might get cut. Um, but like that's that is not 
a deep receiving core. And I know Flacco <laughs> complained no. last year about them not being able to stretch the field as much. And Brashad Perriman should be that guy because he was fast and he showed yeah. some nice flashes. Yeah, but yeah. he needs to stay healthy because yep. that dude, like we were ripping on poor Kevin White, that guy has has seen the you know trainer's table more than he's seen the field in his first uh, NFL action. So, I mean, do they take a wide receiver early? Do they get one in free agency? They need to do something because that, that wide receiver core is a mess. And whatever they do could have decent fantasy ramifications. I think Philadelphia taking a wide receiver too, if they take one in the draft or if they go out and try to go get uh, reunite with Deshaun or if they try to go get Alshon Jeffrey, I think either way – it becomes a very interesting, I think from a fantasy perspective, that's the that's the landing spot that interests me the most if they go and get a splashy wide receiver. Because Carson Wentz, uh, I think you talk about showing flashes. I thought he showed some great flashes last year as well. Um, and if you compare him going into his second year with a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, to me... That would seem like a great marriage, and then plus the I love the coaching staff there. Uh, Peterson has done a great job. I, I don't know from a fantasy perspective. I'm really interested to see if Philadelphia takes wide receiver. Agreed. They need help there too. Um, another team I thought was interesting that he had put on here was uh, the Bengals because he uh, Silva had mentioned how he almost put running back but put wide receiver at the end instead because Geo's coming off a torn ACL. Jeremy Hill has had two years that where he is disappointed heavily. Yeah, he's done. AJ Green got hurt, and then that left them with Brandon LaFell and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, buddy. So like, they could use another wide receiver. And Silva makes a good point. We've talked about this before. How Dalton has never been a guy that makes his wide receivers better, like uh, Aaron <coughs> Rodgers or Tom Brady. That's true. Dalton's a fine quarterback, but he needs his skill position players to help lift him up. I, I think Silva makes a great point there. But the one the the one reason I would strongly disagree is because you can't. You can't draft or build your team through free agency around worrying about injuries. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. I mean, if your guy is AJ Green and he's your guy and he goes down, well, you're 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 going to go down. It's like if to me, it's like if you know when Andrew Luck goes down, right? Like you can't. How do you replace a guy like Andrew Luck if Aaron Rodgers goes down? You don't replace that guy. You try to manage it through other positions, and I think that's where I would disagree with, with what Silva wrote, which is, hey, they need to get wide receiver because uh, outside of A.J. Green, they don't have any great playmaker. Well, listen, A.J. Those Green's, guys are better when A.J. Green's on the field. Exactly. And, you know, and again, I just think, you know, it's hard to replace a star player, period. But, uh, but yeah, no. You don't I, need more alpha players. Like, you do well with, like, Marvin Jones. Like, Marvin Jones was great. Yes playing alongside of uh, A.J. Green, but you yep. put him in Detroit where he became the number one guy. Like, the first couple of weeks, he was great. He was their best. He is their he is their best receiver. So then once teams figure that out, they're like, oh, we just need to stop Marvin Jones. Right. Then he becomes less effective. Yep. Like, A.J. Green, take not, not only does he take that onus away from the other guys, he still thrives in that. Marvin That's Jones... True. Is not that dude. Can't handle being the number one guy, He's facing the dude. double coverage, facing the defensive scheme. A.J. Green feeds off that and is still great. So that's another thing. That, But speaking of the Lions, like yes. that was an interesting thing, too, uh, is he put in the pass catcher, and he mentioned that the Lions are a sneaky team to use an early-round pick at tight end. Now, I don't know if O.J. Howard is too early for them, if they're really going to get into that business instead of drafting uh, somebody on the lines or anything like that. But that would be kind of interesting to give them a little bit more of a a dynamic feel because I feel like the Lions are close. Like, they have a lot of guys, and I think Matthew Stafford was playing a little bit better even though they did lose their alpha male because they still were able to make things work with Golden Tate. Sure, Marvin Jones and uh, Eric Ebron. Yeah. So I think if they got another guy in there – they, kind of, they, they could also use a running back, too. They, they to me, would be more of a surprise pick of, like, we're going to draft a running back because they've, they've had limited success with Amir Abdullah and Dwayne Washington. I still like Dwayne Washington. I, I, still, I like still like Amir, Amir Abdullah. Abdullah. I, like, I, don't, I do, he was, too. He was playing pretty well I love him that personally. last year. I like him you personally. Like him personally. He's a nice guy. Like, I thought he was <laughs> really cool. Uh, can I I'll, – I'll throw this out to the group, and MG, we'll start with you. What What is a team in your mind that is – just a piece away that's very close to blowing up at least offensively I don't want to talk about you know real life wins and losses I'm talking about from a fantasy perspective what is a team that's under the radar right now that is extremely close to breaking out offensively um I mean I go back to where we started this thing with the Tennessee Titans interesting I I mean I do think they are one playmaking receiver away 
from really doing some big things on offense. Hmm. You know, and I, I think I think what we saw from them early in the year with their their ability to run the football effectively. I mean, I feel like they've got that part down. Okay, Mariota is developing into a very good quarterback, and, and especially you know we talk about how deadly he is in the red zone. Um, you know, that says a lot. What they need is that 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 guy on the outside who just instills fear into the defense. So then your Richard Matthews, your you know your Delaney Walkers, all these other guys show sharp. Open up, yeah. So so the Tajay Sharp can start to make more plays. This team's really really close. I mean, as good as they were in the first half of the season, they fell off in the second half of the season. But part of it is because. You just there was just no receiver there that you looked at and said this is a guy we got to make sure we stop. Okay, Adam Rank, a team that you feel is is pretty close to breaking through offensively. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Jameis Winston is going to be one of the quarterbacks this season. Again, if you're going to be waiting on a on a, on a signal caller, he's going to come through for you. And I think Mike Evans finally put to rest the his terrible sophomore season and show that he's legit. I think he should be in that conversation. When you're talking about the best receivers in the games, and, of course, you're going to talk about the big three, I think Mike Evans deserves to be in that conversation as well. And I, I think I could see him pass Antonio Brown this season. Wow. I think um, he has the ability to stay healthy a little bit more than Julio Jones. Okay. So if I'm sitting there and, and I'm in the wow. first round, because, again, I'll be the sucker that ends up going with the wide receiver. in the first, Unless I get the first three, one of the first three picks. Sure. But I'll end up going with the wide receiver. I'm still pissed that I didn't get Mike Evans in enough teams last year, even though I had kind of called it, but I did something. I did some stupid things in some of my other drafts. But uh, the, the league – oh, I'm sorry. I can't talk about my leagues. I want to get Alex <laughs> mad. But I think that uh, this team – You gotta, can talk about your leagues because we don't need a 20-minute diet. You do. I think you do. <laughs> How and when exactly Marcus Mario got hurt and your discussions with fans on because, because a lot of well, – listen, because a lot of people, they – they take that final, that final piece, like that that final week, and they forget. Uh, there's a kid that works in our in our news uh, operation here, and he's like, "You got to write down like some of those players who are great for you because sometimes you forget because they'll do something like that, like they'll get hurt in the championship game, and you have kind of a bad feeling about them. So you got to make sure that you look past the bad feelings. Um, but I think Tampa Bay." They got to figure out what they're going to do with the running back and everything, and settle that out. And again, they don't need an alpha dog to put alongside of Mike Evans, but he get in a solid number two right in there. I think they have an opportunity. I think this could be a really good team. I like what's going on. Uh, there always seems to be like that one team in the NFC South that always rises up every. Year. I mean, geez, they keep sending teams to the Super Bowl, so maybe it's the Saints <laughs> or the Buccaneers' turn. The Buccaneers, you're right. Uh, they need to. We have no idea what's going to happen with Doug Martin. No clue. Uh, I don't think he's going to be in Tampa Bay. Um, even if he's not in Tampa, I mean, is he going to? I have no idea. I have no. We have no clue as to what's going to happen with Doug Martin. And even if he does come back, what kind of player is he going to be? We have no idea. Um, you're right. Uh, at the running back position, I don't think they got they got nothing well, from the running back position. You know what? Chuck Sims is fine. Jaquiz Rogers is a perfect running back. They just can't give him cutters. 36 no, carries a game. Like yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Listen, he was very effective last fine. year when I, they I'm, played him, but they wore him down. I'm good with that. Maybe if Latavius Murray becomes a free agent, now slide that, him onto that team that to be part be of the little Ooh, that would be that little mix right there. Because, again, like that's the way running backs are now, though. You're just like, spicy. okay, you do this. you do. This. It's like bullpens. Lat Murray down in Tampa Bay. That he, goes, might... he goes back to the state of Florida where he played college. Yeah, he played in South Florida. Sure. Okay, I like it. Gellhart, a team that you feel is relatively close to breaking through, maybe one or two players away from breaking through offensively. Well, this is one where, I mean, there's a lot of question marks about this offense right now, but if they keep all of the main pieces and add another in the draft, I think the Bills could be interesting because we need Sammy Watkins to stay healthy, Tyrod Taylor to stay under center, LaShawn McCoy to stay there. He was one of Greg Rosenthal's potential yeah, he's surprising a, He's cuts. a bubble guy, potentially. He's a bubble. Really? Mike Wallace was not, by the way. Well, because he's not the greatest fit for Rick Dennison's, uh, Rick Dennison's system was part of the point um, that <sighs> Greg was making. But you keep those three. You give Tyrod another option because the, the Bobby Woods, Justin Hunter, Marquise Goodwin Yikes. combo does not really inspire a lot of confidence. Nope. All, all of a sudden, let's say you got you know Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins, Tyrod, LaShawn McCoy – Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins, Tyrod, LaShawn McCoy, Charles Uh-oh. Clay. 
Like, this is an offense that I was trying to find the stat, but I couldn't find it. But I'm pretty sure when Shady, Tyrod, and Watkins were all on the field together, the Bills' offense was averaging, like, around 30 points a game. So sadly, those, sadly, that wasn't offense. So those, that seven, was not those offense. 17 snaps they played together, they were the most efficient? <laughs> Correct. But still, that that's my point, is that if, yeah. if the things break right for this team, that could be a surprising offense. The Bills the Bills could either be one piece away, or they could be all the pieces <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why I had to preface it with a lot of these things need to go All right. the pieces. All the pieces. But, I mean, right now everything sounds great. I'm we confused. We do this podcast again in a week, and I, I can just do the ultimate whelp face. Can somebody fill me in? Why would Sean McDermott go to – I don't understand. Why would he go to Buffalo and then purge himself of all the good players? Let's get rid of Tyrod. The, the Chip Kelly path. In, I don't uh, get it. I know. Okay, so I'm going to get rid of Tyrod Taylor, dynamic playmaker. I'm going to get rid of Shady McCoy, dynamic playmaker. I don't. What? Why? Why would you go and do that? Well, I mean, it wouldn't quite be him. It'd probably be Doug Whaley making those decisions as the GM. I mean, I guess. But and this is a guy that does, just does, also does, said believes Doug Whaley Carl actually Jones make those be a starting quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. We don't know how that works. So I, I don't feel great about that option, but you guys took some other good ones. So Good Lord. Also, let's say let's – What about the San Diego count? Because I feel – They've got all the pieces you already. Mean, you mean Los Angeles? Yeah, Los Angeles. What I say? San, San Diego. Diego. Oh, I, I won't they already that. have all the pieces, though. They just need them to stay healthy. Yeah, they've got multiple great wide receivers. They've got a future Hall of Fame tight end and then Antonio Gates. No, I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> they, have, they have a future Hall of Fame tight end in Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry. Oh. And they got Melly G there. Like they're, they're mad, Jesus. No, I'm not. I'm just saying they have all the pieces. Uh, they have some. I mean, I, I guess my question for the Sandy or for for the Chargers. I'm just yeah. gonna call them. The yeah, Chargers. we should all just go Chargers. Yeah, let's just call them Chargers. Uh, the the question is, what does Anthony Lynn do? I do we have any clue as to what he's going to be like offensively? I have a lot of question marks uh, regarding San Diego because Mike McCoy, as much and the Chargers. <laughs> As much as Mike McCoy was maligned uh, and how he could not close out games in the fourth quarter, I, I thought he was a pretty darn good offensive mind. No, I mean that's why they hired him. So I, if if that Anthony Lynch, well, I mean, listen, I mean they got injuries. they had North Turner, offensive mind. They no, no. Have... First of all, I if if you've listened to me at any, at any point, North Turner, my God, is he a good offensive mind? I don't think he is. Yes, I, I know. We don't need to go down this wormhole again. Okay. We've we've done the Norv Herner discussion oh. before. It's we're running long already. But, no but surprise. Tight, but tight so. ends, yeah. All right. We oh. should probably hit daily daps. And all right, let's do daily. Rank told us before show this is all he prepared for was daily daps. Good God. So uh, let's, let's do, do it. Do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. All right, Daily Dap time. We shall start with the creator of That Helps No One. Adam you really Frank. want to? Because I feel a lot of people are going to bounce. Okay. <laughs> They're going to hear my – they're like, no, no, no. First I want to give everybody the opportunity to be like, nope, I'm out. Oh, I see. You want to hear – So I don't want to take away because Marcus and Alex will probably spin some gold and you'll be whatever. Uh, Wow. <laughs> no, I don't mean that, but I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> listen, I actually. We'll start with my guy, MG Marcus Grant. I listened to your Kick us off, pal. It was good. All right. You, uh, you backed up Batman versus Superman. Sorry. I did. I, I'm starting with a little thing we were uh, toying around with uh, last week the Magic iPod uh, on oh, the God, internet. This so great. It is, it, it is at themagicipod.com, and basically. Uh, it allows you to do mashups of songs from 2007. So you know, on the left side, it basically gives you the vocals from a lot of popular rap and hip hop songs of okay. that year. So like you know, 99 Problems by Jay Z, Miss New Booty by the Bubba Sparks, Bring 'Em Out by Ti, In the Club by 50 Cent. Wow. And you put them to the music of a lot of you know kind of rock in you know uh, alternative music from that same year. So uh, you know, for instance, I think I did ninety nine problems yes. with. Uh, wait, let me make sure. I I think uh, which one did I do? A uh, thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> it is the remix you didn't know what? you needed in your life. I mean, so like you can you can what seriously? I mean, you can take you know bring them out by Ti and put it with All Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah, um, here we know, go. It, and they're all pretty amazing. I mean, we we probably pretty much wasted several hours. Uh, <laughs> one well, day. The, the stronghold did yes, and, <laughs> and but we we infected the internet with our non productivity oh. by just telling people how great some of these things were. But go check it out, themagicipod.com, and just you know. And like there are some of them actually, you can you know you will do the mashup and it allows you to 
download them if you find one that you particularly like. Oh, is that right? You can actually download it and just oh, that's have sick. It and listen to it. Okay, yeah. I yeah. like it. Uh, it was interesting. I, I saw Twitter blow up. I haven't had the chance to to check it out, but everyone seems really, you know, enthralled by it. It's it's pretty amazing. Alex Gellhar, the Whisket from Wisconsin. Uh, first daily dap, John Wick two. Man, was that movie awesome. Yeah. I uh, saw it last Friday. Yeah, man. The first one was a lot of fun. It was an, a, kind of an underrated action movie. I almost see it in the theater. And then uh, they expand the universe. They expand the action in the sequel. And it's making a boatload of money, which is great to see. And uh, it's just a fun time. Like, it's a movie I encourage people to go see in the theater because it's almost better experience with an audience because it's such a heightened level of an act- action that it almost like kind of verges on comedy at time. And they go for that. Like, the actors all ham it up to 11. Like, Lawrence Fishburne's <laughs> in the new one is great. Keanu Reeves, I mean, everybody has jokes Keanu Reeves being, like, kind of wooden, yeah. but he intentionally t- says all of his lines as stilted as possible <laughs> to kind of fill in this, like, badass hero archetype, and it's just, the movie is a blast. Like, when I went to see it with uh, with four buddies, Harmon included, and we all came out afterwards, and we're like, man, that was that was awesome. And then other dads. You have to see the first one to enjoy the second one. Uh, it helps, but I mean, they do a good job of bringing you right back into the world and kind of explaining everything that's going on. But okay. it, it helps you understand who John Wick is better at the, if you watch the first one. Yeah. Uh, and kind of what made him into who he is. But <clears throat> that was a good movie. I love John Wick. Yeah. I love John Wick. And then the sequel's fantastic, too. My other daily dap is going to quick go out to um, Bojack Horseman because I was, <laughs> I was sick last week. And uh, had been watching a lot of BoJack Horseman uh, over the course of it. I forget if I dapped this last week or not. If I did, oh, well, whatever. But anyways, I'm almost finished everything that they have on Netflix now, and it's a tremendous show. Okay. I like it. Let's go. Adam Rank, hit me. I'm going to do three. Okay. The first one will be quick. Baseball is back. I am, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a one-dimensional stooge. I enjoy other things, uh, including baseball. Stick to so football, I'm, pal. I'm, in, I, I'm enjoying it. My second one is going to go out to Chris Jericho. Who I now firmly believe yes. is the greatest wrestler of, of all time. time. No, when you think because it, it hit me the other day. No. You, like his nickname is Y2J. Yeah. And the reason that was is because he jumped from WCW to the yep. WWE in the year 2000. He did. Now, his time in WCW was amazing. He had the he started as the Lion Tamer. Yeah. Uh, he had the Man of a Thousand and Four Holds. I love He him. did a lot of groundbreaking stuff. And he was in an era with the NWO and Goldberg. And those guys didn't want to wrestle him. They didn't want to put him over. And through the his the own force of his will, he was able to get over, get a big money contract with the WWE, jumped over in 2000. And here it is in 2017, and he is still the top of the card. He is the most compelling character on television. His his segment with with Kevin Owens was the greatest. Like I don't I, I can't remember enjoying a wrestling thing so much. Like he has this this little thing where he does where he does that. You're gonna get like what? It and he carried it, but he goes, You're gonna get and they went to commercial and they come back from commercial. <laughs> it he so he held it. And I and so people in the crowd were like, No, he stood there the whole time and so it was amazing the he, That's hilarious. He delivered like both the best heel and face promo at the same time, and obviously okay, good. Owens turned on him. So now he's going to go to WrestleMania. Hopefully yes. uh, they don't take the title off Owens so that they will be fighting for the universal title for the, the final blow-off of that feud. Right. And I'm like, 17 years with the company where he's at off and on, Yeah, I think that he's the greatest. He yeah. does it all. He does it. He's not. But there might, it's a, there it's might a good be argument. guys who do some things better, but he does it all. He's the all-around game. He's like Wayne Gretzky, where there are guys who are bigger and faster or whatever, but when you talk about all-around game, making others around him better, being able to do it all, Chris Jericho, okay. greatest of all time. Okay. And uh, my Incorrect, last one. But a good argument. But this is uh, this one I'm sure a lot of people talk about, and I don't want to go back to the Super Bowl, but Lady Gaga, Okay. which is amazing. Now, a lot of people, th- let me give you a little bit of a backstory. I'm actually a Lady Gaga an, fan. I am now. Oh, okay. And I'm uh, what I was going to say is I'm, a, I'm an NFL employee. Like a real, like Marcus, Alex, and I, we're NFL employees. Like a lot of people that you see on TV are contractors. They're not, you know, like we're in the same pension group with Roger Goodell and things like that. But so what that means is, is during that a Super Bowl brag, time. By the way, no, no, no. Because what it means is during Super Bowl time. Sure, our pensions do not look. <laughs> they don't look. No, no. It's like a fraction of like what Roger was making when he was an intern. <laughs> But one of the cool things about being an employee is they tell they will take you to the suit. Like, do you want to go to the Super Bowl? And you're like, yes, I would like that. And they're like, okay, well, you got to work some other job for like a different department with, you know, it was kind of a trade off. And I did that. And so I signed up to do something with our events department. It was really cool. I went down, I filmed like videos for the app, 
Like, it was three days' worth of work. And then on Super Bowl Sunday, they're like, hey, can you help us? Like, I was just doing busy work, and it was really cool. And so on Super Bowl Sunday, they're like – That is so random. Is it that- is random. Really? Like, it worked out really cool, like, who I was working with because they're like, oh, we needed a host for our app. Do you mind? And I'm like, no, perfect. Like, there was everything. And then, like, the other time I was handing out, like uh, – flyers to the hotels <laughs> for the app are you serious it was like being a party promoter like back in the day like hey we're we're hosting a, a, a we're hosting a party at off-campus what? pub we got this band called no doubt like that's what i did in college whatever that's um, so so i did that so the, uh, during the day of the game they're like hey do you mind like how like do you have are you gonna use your tickets and i'm like you know i had uh, my family in town so they're using it so they're like do you mind like, going down on the field being in one of the tunnels and watching and, like, just being a liaison. So, because they have a lot of rent-a-cops, so they want to make sure, like, if Arthur Blank's trying to get on the field, they're not hassling him, and I can step in and be like, no, 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 he deserves to be here. Let him go. Uh, which is a, which is amazing because Arthur Blank did come down with uh, four minutes left in the game. And I was standing there. It was right after the Falcons went up 28-20. to 20, Yeah. And he comes up, and they're like, okay, hold on, sir. And it's like, oh, no. And you remember the first play from scrimmage after that was the dump off the – Devonte Freeman, where he ran it, who ran up, and they're like, "Okay, good, good." And he gets on the field, and then, and then the buckets of confetti, oh no, with the black and red confetti are falling. Oh him. no, like, are you guys sure you want to, you want to do that? Like, but whatever. Uh, so it was, it was cool, you know. So it was yeah. like a cool, but but the thing was, it was also the tunnel where Lady Gaga's people were out. All right, and I walked up, and like all our dancers were there, and they're warming up, and you're doing everything, and you think about all the people who are in the suit, like the two teams, obviously. But to these dancers, for lack of a better term, this is their Super Bowl. Like, this is their biggest moment. So I was kind of sitting, I'm like, oh, I wonder where Lady Gaga's coming in from. And she comes in in this golf cart. And they all start clapping. And she gets off, and she's like, hey. And she's like, she does this, she just like, everybody gather around. And she does this, like, Normandale type of speech, like, just really firing them up. And it's a side of her that you would never see. That's cool. And you got to, like, just be there, and she was like, okay. And then right before they went on the field, she went in front of them. So they all had to walk by her, and she's doing the thing with, like, looking at you with the two fingers, like, getting people. And I have a little video of it on, on uh, Instagram, but, like, people shaking her hand, hugging her and doing all that. And I never had really seen that side, and I, I was so impressed by her. And actually, earlier in the day, if you see photos of her before the game where she's walking around in that black dress – and it's like a long flowing thing. Is like one of her. I don't know if it's her handler or somebody. Somebody's with her, and steps on the dress as she's walking, and almost like ah. And normally, like I've been around enough stars where you're like that person's probably going to be fired. Right. She's actually a human being. She's like no, no, no. It's okay. Like it happens. I'm sorry. You okay? Like you're a big star. You're That's about cool. to perform in the super. So it was a. That's it was, great. It so was she's real. She's real. And it was okay. something that you would normally not get to see. And I was really impressed by her. And I was. A, a, Impressed by her commanding presence and the way she rallied everybody together. And I'm like, you know, this was a really cool thing. And so I'm like a huge fan. Um, I mean, I liked Poker Face and all that other stuff, like sure. her, her hits. But now I'm going back and celebrating her catalog. I like it. And uh, I'm a huge fan, so okay. I want to give her a little daily dab. There you go. I will daily dab Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, doing a BuzzFeed video where he drinks fancy cocktails. <laughs> uh, it is as funny as you think it would be. It is amazing. Uh, it also led me down a BuzzFeed worm, vi- BuzzFeed video wormhole oh of BuzzFeed uh, employees trying absinthe. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, I only know that from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, trying, uh, doing a taste tester of Costco alcohol versus brand name alcohol. Uh, doing a taste tester of moonshine. Needless to say, I spent forty-five minutes. Now, were they doing? Nothing. Were they doing the the nasty moonshine you see in of like the old stuff? Because it's not the high grade know, Matt Harmon moonshine. The, the high grade Harmon family moonshine. Harmon family moonshine is legit. Next level. I like it. Um, I like it a lot. It comes in multiple flavors: strawberry, and it was in, <laughs> root in beer, and it crossed state lines. Root beer. That's <laughs> in a mason jar. Of course. Uh, I didn't realize that BuzzFeed uh, did these type of videos. It, Shocks me zero percent, but bottom didn't, line is, didn't Buzzfeed do the Facebook Live thing where they put rubber bands yes, over a did. watermelon until it cut in half? Yes, they did. That thing was pretty. That was, was pretty, pretty riveting. Fantasy. Pretty, pretty I like fantastic. it. That was pretty. Riveting. I like it. Okay, good. Anyways, daily damp to Buzzfeed video for getting Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking. So wait, James, I think we have to to put a little button on this though. You said that rank is wrong in who he says is the best wrestler of all time. Yes, would your choice be? Oh well, I mean, he's. I don't know. If, I don't even know if. And I love Y two J. I love Y two J. Uh, but I don't know if he's in my top five. I think it's, come on, 
No. Hold on, hold on, Rank. Let the man speak, then we'll save it for the next podcast. It'll be a tease. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's your number one, though? My number, my personal favorite, I'm not saying he's the greatest wrestler of all time, but my personal favorite is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was, I was thinking yeah. that might be the case. Yeah, okay. I, I started drinking Coors Light because of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I do it proudly to this well, day. Uh. Yeah, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is certainly in the mix. The Rock is in the mix. Uh, you, you can't talk about uh, great pro wrestlers without, without talking about Ric Flair. Woo! I would put Ric Flair as my number one overall because he checks all the boxes that uh, that uh, Adam Rank talked about. Uh, good heel, good uh, good babyface uh, was in the game obviously for I don't know how many decades, but a long long time. So I think he checks all those boxes, and I think he did it. Better also, legacy now because his daughter is crushing it. Oh yeah, absolutely. WWE women's arena. That's, there's also that as well. So I, I put I put Ric Flair. Got those bloodlines now flowing through the WWE like they have in the uh, NFL. As my number one. So there you go. All right, All right. so that's the Fair show. Fair enough. All right. What a so, show. <laughs> the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. Sad we didn't get God. Silva. I know. It happens. Evan Silva. How dare you? Another time. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Adam Rank. I'm James Go. We'll see you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.